Hey gals and guys, it's your host Phil Larson and this is your motivational high five on openness. Let's do this. Welcome to the show today. I'm really excited about today's show. Uh, Our guest voice today is a guy by the name of Dr. Paul Maxfield. Paul is the executive director of the Christian nonprofit organization called Children of Promise, which helps children in need in 29 countries through the benefits of nutrition, education, health care, and spiritual nurture. If you'd like to learn more about Children of Promise and learn how you can join others, uh, including my wife and I, who sponsor a child in Colombia, um, in the effort to help children in developing countries, uh, check out Children of Promise online at echildrenofpromise, that's the letter E, childrenofpromise.org, or search for Children of Promise, Inc. on Facebook. Paul lives in Anderson, Indiana with his wife, Brenda. They have two grown children and four grandchildren, three of which are from the Congo, and one is homegrown, as he says. Besides helping children in need, Paul's passions include his family, international travel, books, the piano, and popcorn. He can most likely be found boarding a plane, interviewing children in some remote foreign village, or reading a book that helps open his ideological wall, which you'll hear about in a second. He has a special place in his heart for Costa Rica, which he calls his second home. Paul goes to my church. He's become a dear friend as we've played on the uh, the music team together. And as he and I have both grown as people, I think we've been kind of drawn to each other. And this is exciting to bring him on here and, and join forces in this. I learned a lot from what Paul sent me, and I'm excited for you to hear it as well. Here he goes. As the director of an international child sponsorship program, I see all kinds of children's homes. One of the most impactful experiences was a few years ago in the Philippines. A family was living in a refrigerator box. Can you imagine having your existence centered in a space the size of a refrigerator box? Of course, our organization was helping them, and they're now living in a small apartment. But it was hard to get that picture out of my mind. In fact, it surfaces fairly often. And as of late, when it surfaces, it's taken a new turn. It occurred to me one day that I've spent a good deal of my life in a box, too. Oh, not a cardboard box that serves as my house, but rather an ideological box. My box has walls, too, and those walls have kept out ideas, people, experiences, and relationships. My box provides some relative security, but it is a security with longing, longing for a broader life, longing for a more open mind, longing for a world that is not so black and white, not so right and wrong, not so good or bad. My friends in the Philippines kept one side of their box open for light, access, and probably a feeling of spaciousness. So I've opened my box too, first with one side and then another. And who knows, perhaps one day the walls of my box will be gone. And with walls coming down, I'm experiencing new friendships, the blessedness and freshness of new ideas some welcome perspectives, and a decreasing need to judge everything and everyone who isn't in my box, or who doesn't believe like I do, or who doesn't look like me, or who doesn't live like me. Boxes are good for keeping things in and keeping things out, but for growth, for change, for inspiration, for enlightenment, 
you've got to open a wall of the box. It's made all of the difference in the world for me. My life has more light, richer experiences, and a more accepting and loving perspective. And with those rays of light warming my life, walls no longer feel so attractive or safe or necessary. I got to be honest, this is a message I needed reminding of. It's easy for me, I know I could speak for myself, to get caught up in what I think is right and wrong. And by doing that, I am often setting up walls that restricts new ideas. And these new ideas are the things that push me to wrestle and grow in my own ideology. I loved what he said at the end that walls became unsafe. And for me, I know that I've put up walls because I thought that that would keep me safe. In fact, I have kept people at such a safe distance at times in my life that I've done harm to myself. I have kept others out to keep myself in. To grow and become the best version of ourselves, we need to invite vulnerability in our lives. And the way we do that is by letting the walls fall. But it is hard to do. Some walls have been built up so strongly over the years of construction that it will need at least the same equal amount to tear it down. And at the end of every podcast, we basically identify the walls in our lives. And maybe it's the things that people have told us, or maybe we chose to believe the things that people have told us, or maybe it's something that we've told ourselves. Regardless, they're there and we need to address them. And thanks to new discoveries in neuroscience that we're not too old to teach ourselves new tricks. We can address the negative narratives of our lives. And we do that by looking at a reflection of ourselves in the mirror and we take a proverbial sledgehammer to the walls in our mind. And we do it by speaking truth and positive things into our lives. And today's, when you find a reflection, is this. Will you say this to yourself? I can invite openness by letting go of the walls in my life. Thank you, Paul, for adding your voice. Being open to new perspectives with guest voices, I I am always open to that, and I am better for it, and I hope you are as well. The beautiful thing is you have the power over the walls in your life. Maybe someone helped you construct them, but you are in a place now or can get to be in a place where you have power to bring those walls down. But it's your life, it is your mental health, and no one else has a say on whether those come down or not other than you. It starts with you. Oh,